Good evening. I am Queen Love, the self-love guru, and I coach newly health-conscious women to find self-love. Together, we will remove the F in fear, and I'll be the ear who intuitively listens and empowers you to destroy perceived limits so you can live your best life. Love and Light, this is another episode of Hanging Out with Love, and today I have Deshaun Marshall hanging out with us. He is from Atlanta. He is the ultimate gentleman. He is also a personal trainer. He's 27. He's an artist. He can draw his ass off. Like He's going to drop his social media pages for you all later. I really want you to see his art. He's extremely talented. He does have a YouTube channel where he posts some of his different trainings and some things that you could do to help keep yourself fit. And he also posts meals that you can eat so that you can be feeding your body right as you're exercising and building up that muscle. So before we get started, Deshaun, is there anything that you would like to say? I just want to thank you for having me. Like, I appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> well, it's definitely a pleasure having you as well. So I guess we'll go ahead and jump right into the questions. Why fitness? Why did you choose this journey? Um, More so, I actually didn't choose it. My brother actually directed me to it. I never really was the fitness type of person. I just was always blessed to be big. Mm-hmm. Um. Ever since fifth grade, my nickname was Swole, so <laughs> everybody called me Swole. Um, I played football, so mm. it kind of go along with football. I was naturally talented, and I didn't really care about what weightlifting until I met my best friend James, uh, which I call my brother. Um, his mom competed in bodybuilding, so he always had the workout background. Me, I didn't care about that. I just knew I was good on the football field. I didn't really need it. I was bigger right. than everybody, so I didn't care about it. But then he took me to the weight room one time, and I couldn't do a pull-up. Mm. And he can do about 10 pull-ups. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, competition-wise, hell no. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> he can't beat me in no pull-up. Mm-hmm. So that's what really got me into fitness was because of James. And then ever since then, I fell in love with um the health benefits of it I always wanted to look like a creative player while playing football Mm -hmm. so I was like okay weight's gonna make me look creative gonna get me big then I might as well just do it and attack it that's where it got me wow that's so dope so it all started with your friend James and Mm -hmm. well your brother and it was a competition yeah that's crazy that you say that because I know even with me starting Queen Care Cosmetics I have this friend who is so multi-talented like she's in corporate america she hustles and then she started her own business so i'm like you know what like she really doing it like right i should start a business too why not right and um then i started falling into more natural type of alternative like Mm -hmm. medicine and alternative ways just of taking care of your body And um, I noticed, like, people were really against the toothpaste because everything has fluoride in it, which um, causes your body to, like, hold on to aluminum, and that causes cancer. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to just make my own toothpaste. And so I started using my own toothpaste and face mask, and that's how it sparked Queen Care Cosmetics. Really? Yeah, because my teeth got whiter. So I was like, I oh, shit. Like, 
Okay. <laughs> I'm like, wow, like that's dope. So mm-hmm. people started like, oh, you sell that? I'm like, I can, you know. <laughs> Just yeah. and then when I first started, it was like seven dollars. Then it went to ten. Now it's fifteen. Right. So it's like it's in demand because people who used to buy it for seven dollars, they still pay fifteen dollars for that same jar. Right. That's over double. That's you know good. what I mean? So I'm like, wow, that's, that's dope. But. That competition is everything. Right. And it, I think that's why it's so important to surround yourself with like-minded individuals. Right. You know, even if not even like-minded, people that think on a different level than you so you can move up. Because right. she helped me think on a whole nother level. Right. And I, he helped me a lot in that way because I would have never looked at it in that way. Like, ways could help me be a better football player. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he was advanced, way more advanced than I was at the time to be able to start with fitness. And I, everything I did was, I was learning from him. Even though I'm older than him, I was learning from him. Mm-hmm. And it was a friendly competition. It wasn't one of those a jealousy, he bigger than me, or he can do this better than me. Mm-hmm. It was more so, you know. Like an inspiration, right. like, wow. Somebody okay. younger than me inspired me to become better than I was before. Mm-hmm. So, um, I has a, is always off to him. We talk all the time like mm. that's beyond my brother right i, I love thank him so much for that so everything james you listening you know shout out to you <laughs> <laughs> shout out to you james and um okay so with that being said what is the importance of fitness in the black community and how do you feel like even people that you've interacted with mm-hmm. in the black community, how do you think that they actually view fitness and how should they view it? Oh, man. I'll... Can I get raw with this? You can get raw. Okay. Nasty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I look at it like back in the 90s, right? Everybody bodies look natural this is before wave plastic surgery was heavy and all that stuff Mm -hmm. people were aiming to be that and if you pay attention everybody was fit back then it was you had to go outside to interact you had to walk down the block in order for you to meet up with your friends and when y'all met up everything was outside Mm -hmm. so for me i grew up in the 90s early 90s and that's all we did was go outside right kick it and have fun play so being in shape was just natural. It was a natural thing. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the early 2000s, the roads being flipped, and the black community is being pushed as, you know, plastic surgery, get all of this stuff done because you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. When in the other communities, you got them doing what we used to do back in the 90s. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So now they're going to work out and do the natural way while we're going getting enhancements with our lips, butt, chest, even men getting muscle enhancements. Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy. And now they come out with men with wigs. Like, yeah, the lace front. Right. Mm-hmm. So, to me, the impact for, in the black community as far as fitness, I think it's way more prevalent for us to take care of our bodies because of the fact that the foods that we eat, it causes us to have high blood pressure. Uh, high blood sugar rates are super high people dying because of diabetes mm-hmm. um, heart disease it's all based off the food that we eat you know so we season our food so 
Right. Too we, much salt. We, we have to though. Not right. not necessarily with salt, but there I don't think that people understand that there's so many different herbs. Right. To use, you know, like sage and cayenne pepper. Right. And you could actually use different foods like real peppers, garlic to season your food as well. Right. But um in our community it's more like salt, pepper, garlic, you know, like you gotta drown it in this, mm-hmm. get some hot sauce, which mm-hmm. also has its own sodium and everything mm-hmm. because it's something that has to be stored on a shelf for months at a time. Right. So they have to have certain preservatives in there. And most of the time, sodium is that preservative. Right. So um, that's really interesting that you've mentioned, though, how much we've drawn away, gotten away from that natural fitness. Like, I remember wanting, like, I begging my dad, like, Dad, can I please go outside and play now, kids? They don't care about that shit. They want to... I want to play like the kids that I keep on Sunday. They're like Fortnite. We love Fortnite. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah. You know, but that's what they're into. Yep. And um, they'll come to my class. They'll have their tablets. And I'm like, all right, y'all know where to put them. You know, mm-hmm. go ahead and put them in there. We'll go outside and we'll play. But that's the only time that they have to unplug. Because a lot of parents, they just sit them in front of the TV. Or they give them a tablet, kind of like a, a tablet, sort of like a hush type of thing. Exactly. Like, be quiet instead of having them do something that engaged their mind, like reading a book. Even now, like, I thank God for my mom because she used to be like, okay, some, it's summertime, 30 minutes a day, at least 30 minutes a day. And we used to, what the fuck, I don't want to read. Like, <laughs> but yeah. she would make us do that. And she would tell us, all right, you got to read this book and then you got to do a book report. And I'm like, I don't want to do a book report. Yeah. You know, but now that I'm older, I realized, like, the most rich people, the people that have everything, they mm-hmm. read a lot. Oh, yeah. Like, knowledge is truly power, you know? So, yeah. I'm like, now I love reading. You can't get a book away from me. Yep. And you know? It's, it's a saying, I don't know. I mean, don't quote me. But I know what I was taught was our people perish because of lack of knowledge. Right. And is I watched this documentary the advertisement how to sell to Negroes mm. and a lot of people they one forcefully taught you that you couldn't read so it wasn't the fact that we couldn't read we were told that we could not read mm-hmm. or you can be hung or you can be killed so now you get to the point where black people don't want to read it's a ripple effect it's a this thing that we're going against called I guess racism or white supremacy it's not a right now moment it's more so of five years from now, 10 mm. years from now, 20 years from now, they think in 50 years from now. And we're thinking only on the surface when they're thinking 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now. So when they set up their kids for the next generation, they're thinking not just the next generation, but the generation after that, but the generation after that. Right, like their kids, 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 right. kids. Mm-hmm. It's the same way with everything that we know, even as far as bringing it back to our food intake. Our food intake, we were taught to survive. So we had to eat everything that we were given. Right, like those scraps. And that's where soul food comes from. And you know what? That term is so fucked up and misleading because that's not food for your soul. No, it's killing you. Literally. It's causing diabetes, high blood pressure. High cholesterol. High cholesterol. All of that. Gout. Like people be having gout in their 30s and 40s. It's like you're too young for that. Right. You know, and I don't think people understand if you can have the gout in your 30s and 40s, imagine how many years 
of conditioning your body has had, how much beating up, right. and your body naturally filters itself. So it's trying to push all that out. Your body's working 10 times harder to just clean itself. Just to clean itself. Alone. Just to clean itself. And you're still feeding yourself that bullshit. And I literally have people like, if I'm eating a salad, oh, you still eating that damn grass? Right. And I'm like, but I, it's really a joke to you. <laughs> right. And I tell people all the time, would you rather eat something that's living mm-hmm. or rather eat something that's dead? Because if you feed your body something living, it'll, it'll live longer. If you feed somebody, your body is something that's dead, you're going to die faster. That's why I understand why people go vegan, but at the same time, there are things that meat gives you that you need, like iron. Mm -hmm. You can get iron from iron pills, but why would you want to get iron from a chemical when you can get it from a natural substance? You understand what I'm saying? Even though meat is processed, that's why a lot of people don't want to eat it anymore because it's processed. You got mystery meat that you eat and you don't know if it's real meat, Mm -hmm. but you're still getting natural substance from that meat that you need your body needs it except you will with meat it's just muscle all you're eating is muscle and then you have certain meats that has is higher in fat so in order for you to maintain the, mu- the muscle that you have you got to eat muscle in order for you to maintain a healthy body you got to eat greens and greens give you life mm-hmm. so in order for you to live longer eat greens you know mm-hmm. so it's just a overall it's just a form of conditioning that we were taught to eat or we had to eat to survive and now from generation to generation to generation we're still eating the same way like we're still surviving like we're still surviving Mm -hmm. but it's the fact that people don't want to step up and break that generational Mm -hmm. curse if you want if you want to call it that right and i do I do believe in generational curses. Mm-hmm. And now that I think on the level that I do now, I believe in them to a certain extent. Because mm-hmm. I think some people use that word as a crutch. Oh, yeah. Instead of being like, okay, well, now I have control over my circumstances so I can eat better if, right. I, if I desire to. But they'll choose to be like, oh, well, this is how my mama taught me. And right. my dad, I don't know any other way to be. And right. it's like, we live in the age of information where literally there's recipes like... Because I was vegan for a while, mm-hmm. and I'm heading back to that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so when I first started, I didn't know what to do, but I would look at what I had in my cabinet, and I just had this idea, like, what if I look up recipes specifically for what I have so I won't right. waste food? Right. So I'm like, recipes with spinach, chicken broth, and garlic. Google. You get what I'm saying? Yep. All the recipes with spinach, um, whatever I just said in garlic, right. <laughs> it'll pop up. Right. And um, I can have these different recipes to choose from. And that's how I started grocery shopping. So I'm like, okay, whatever I don't have from this particular recipe, mm-hmm. I'll put that on my grocery list and just go get it. Mm-hmm. And then that way it started, you know, helping me prepare those healthier meals. And I even had a crock pot at the time. I gave it away because when I move, I give a lot of shit away. Like, I hate, I don't like moving all that stuff. So I just be like, hey, if you want this, come get it. Right. That's a good <laughs> but thing. that crock pot was really helpful to me. Yeah. Right. And I like starting over for some reason. Right. Like, I don't know why, but I be wanting to start over from scratch. Like, these cups and stuff, they're new. My plates are new. I just don't like, it's just kind of like out with the old. Yeah. yeah old, old, like, New place, new, you know. But yeah, about the food, I felt like it was really important for me to figure out 
how to prepare meals differently. Right. Um, so instead of me just using my frying pan, I'm using my oven more. I'm using the crock pot now. I'm using different spices. Right. And I'm kind of mixing it up instead of me staying in my box. And what people don't realize is that in order to stick to this type of lifestyle, you ha- you do have to have flavor to your food. Right. It doesn't have to be all the salt and all the pepper and everything, but make it good for you. Some people feel like healthy means flavorless. See, and I always tell people, first of all, let me correct myself because I know how people are on the internet. <laughs> I'm not saying vegan is bad. I'm not saying it all. I actually commend people for, for being, being vegan. vegan because that's tough. Like mm-hmm. You got so much temptation and there's so many things that people don't know that's made out of meat. So if you truly were vegan, you have to cut a lot of things off. And if you can do that, trust me, hands down, that's a discipline that a lot of people are not willing to take. Mm-hmm. So I commend everybody. So if you, know, if you think that I'm saying that being vegan is bad, that's not <laughs> what I'm saying. Let me correct that. But um, like how you were saying, you, you know, going back into breaking those habits and learning how to eat the correct way. I always say you don't have to eat like a rabbit to eat healthy, mm. to be healthy. You don't have to. It's, it's, that's a misconception. They want to steer you away from eating healthy so you can die fast. Mm-hmm. And then, then you eat all this stuff that's killing you. Literally, if your body is in pain, it's telling you that for a reason. And if it's feeling good, like you should be able to wake up fully energized. Right. If you don't wake up fully energized, I mean, one, you're not getting enough sleep. Or you're not putting the right things in your body. So and true. Now, I'm telling you, even like with me being in grad school, mm-hmm. I had my field placement. I have my classes in the evening time. Mm-hmm. And then um, I wasn't working this semester until like the last three weeks of school. So I didn't have to worry about work, but I noticed the difference between when I was feeding my body right and when I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And I know um, we would have like some late night study sessions at the library because our library doesn't close until like two in the morning. So we would be in there like working on papers and doing group projects and stuff. And so we would like order pizza, you know, Mm -hmm. because that's just a quick thing. Or like we would go off campus and we would meet up at Chick-fil-A and then go right back to the library. When I say I was dead, like... Literally, I would be in class and, like, I would be up, but on the way home, it's like, I'm about to kill myself because I cannot stay awake. And um, I notice the difference now. Like, even now, just me sitting here, my energy is really, really high because I did that detox. And I was telling you, you know, when I tried to drink the alcohol, it was making me sick. Like, just the smell alone. Mm -hmm. And I got this whole body spent $40 on this Hennessy, and I'm like... (laughs) can't even drink now. But it's like, I know my body, if I did decide to drink again, it would just have to get used to it. But just that purge alone, it's like, it's real. Even um, your nose, like people don't realize it, but when you smell something that's not right in a food, like that's a warning sign for your body. That's one of your senses that you actually need to know like what's good for you to eat and what's not. And so... That's why I have their reaction to the alcohol, and that's the same reaction that I have to food that I'm not supposed to eat. So when you reset your body on that type of level and you're really purging all the impurities out, like it's like your body's there reset, mm-hmm. so your senses are high. Like even my eyesight, I have um, 2015 vision. It's excellent, mm-hmm. but my eyesight feels sharper just when me looking around. Like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's you. You're absolutely right. Even. Um 
I watched a few people that are athletes, not talking about me playing football or whatnot, who stopped eating meat and they actually feel better mm-hmm. because of, you know, certain meats can hold inflammation. It can mess up your joints um, in your bones because of the type of process, chemicals that they put inside the meat. Mm-hmm. And it's causing your body to decay. So when they get off those meats and they start eating those vegetables that they need, their body tends to recover. And it recovers a lot faster. In a way, right. It recovers in a way where they're like, man, I should have been doing this. Mm. But when in all actuality, what the reality of it is, is you were eating, or you were overeating on meat and you weren't eating enough of the vegetables that you need. Mm-hmm. They always say the meat should be the size of the palm of your hand and then your vegetables should be double that. Mm-hmm. So if you're eating double meat, and see, I used to, I'm that way. I can eat a whole rotisserie chicken by yourself. By myself. Oh, wow. And no vegetables. But <laughs> that's why I look the way I look. Mm-hmm. I'm super muscular. And people look at me like right now, I'm 245. You mm-hmm. never know. Because you look at me and say, whoa, that, <laughs> like, I don't eat a lot of fatty food. I just eat a lot of meat. Mm-hmm. So that causes my muscles to grow. But I knew that that's too much because it's too much pressure on my heart. Mm. Because then when I do something, a certain thing, I'll feel it in my heart. I'm like, yo, my heart is burning or I feel a certain way. So I got to cut back on my meat, eat way more greens. Right. Now I eat way more greens, I feel 10 times better. Even though I'm still my size, I still 10, 10 times better. I can breathe a lot longer. My um, breaths are way longer. I'm not quick to be tired. So I understand why people do certain things. But again, it's just a lack of portions. That's all it is. It's just portioning out the right food. You're not supposed to overeat. Mm-hmm. And that's what uh, people in America do. All the time. All yeah. the time. Because we're so... The way I um, I watched this video on YouTube, but they described it as we're addicted to f- the feeling of being full. Yep. Because that's what they taught us. Like, once you feel full, then you're good. But me, I try to stop eating before I get to that point. Mm-hmm. That's why earlier I'm like, okay, I don't, I'm not going to eat anymore. Even that, even when you want to take that last bite, I'm mm-hmm. like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't can just wait. Yep. Exactly. Because I'm not, I wasn't cognizant before of the fact that my food hasn't even all completely digested. Right. So when it does digest, then I'm going to be like, oh my, like this is painful, you know, because now all of my food is settling at once. And then it can't truly settle that way. Like your body can only process but so much at one time. So then it's like I'm not even getting the nutrients that I really need. Yep. And my body's not able to burn it up the way it should. Yep. And um, one of the things I know, I watched the documentary, What the Health. I'm sure you saw that. Oh, yeah. And um, I love that documentary, but it was talking about how doctors always mention that diabetes comes from the sugar. Mm-hmm. And like, nah, <laughs> it's like it's the meat, the fatty meats that we're eating. And so that fat, that cholesterol gets into the bloodstream Correct. and it causes it to slow down. So then the platelets, they kind of get stuck there. And then when the sugar tries to pass through, it can't. So then it collects. And then that's when you get diabetes because it's not able to process that insulin. I'll put it to you like this. And everybody can try this out. I guarantee you, you'll understand this in an easier term. Melt all of the fat from your food, right? You know how you cook it? And mm-hmm. it's melted. It looks like grease, right? Pour it down your drain and turn on the cold water. What that fat is going to do is going to go back into a solid. 
your sink is gonna clog up immediately. Over time, you keep doing that, you keep doing that, you keep doing that. Now the water is not getting through like how it's supposed to. That's the same thing that's happening to your body when you eat high fatty food. Mm. Your body, nine times out of 10, we drink cold water when you're supposed to drink room temperature water. Drink cold water, you eat it with hot food. As soon as you eat hot food, like burgers and whatnot, it's going directly into your body, working its way all the way down, then immediately you're washing it down with cold. And then it's, you know, that fat is just sitting there. Mm-hmm. It's going back into a solid, because it was a liquid, going back into a solid, and now it's clogging up everything. Oh. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense, though, because I literally can picture it. Right. But that sounds disgusting. It's, it's, but it's real. It's, it's real. It's real. So, the thing, I, I just want, this goes back into why I chose health and why I eat healthier. is because I want to live long. Life is not short, it's long. But you make it short by the decisions that you make. If you choose to make life short, one, words are very powerful. So, if you're saying your life going to be short, it's going to be short. But if you're saying life is long and it's happy, then it'll be long, happy, but you want to take care of your body too. Your body is a temple. Mm-hmm. So if you destroy your temple, you know. Like where are you going to have to live? Exactly. <laughs> this is your only vessel. Right. This is right. your only vessel. So take care of it. So that's why I chose to, inf- that's why I chose this field to inform people about what they're eating. Mm-hmm. And to make healthier decisions. I don't want you just in shape because there's a difference between being in shape and being healthy. Right. You can, you can shape, look good. But not be healthy. Mm-hmm. So I want you to be healthy. So that's just my main reason why I chose what I chose. I love that. And with that being said, what benefits are there outside of just looking good? Like I know you mentioned about how you feel, you know, you can just jump up in the morning and go mm-hmm. Um, do you remember a time where you didn't feel that way in comparison to now? Oh, yeah. Plenty of times. I, um, like I told you, I can eat rotisserie chicken in one sitting by myself. Um, doing that over time, over time, over time, you don't get energy no more. You don't have the energy to go do, up and do stuff. Then it becomes you, it causes you to be lazy. It causes you to want to sit down and binge watch stuff on Netflix and want to just eat ice cream. Mm-hmm. And want to just kick it all day and not do nothing. But then on top of that, it causes you not to be able to think 100% correct. People always come up with these excuses about, man, why can't I come up with that idea? Why can't I come up with this idea? Why can't I come up with a million Or they'd be idea? like, I thought of that first, but they, they did it before me. Exactly. But, you know, it costs time to pay attention. If you don't, if you're not putting the time in... And you wasting your time on watching TV because you're feeling lazy because of what you ate. You'll never get the job. Mm, just like that compound effect. Right. It's like it's a those effect. little things. Yeah, it really, it really is. Even um, down to like procrastination. Yeah. Like, um, you know, I'm in a master's program, mm-hmm. so you cannot procrastinate. Like when the further you push things back, it just seems like things keep popping up. A lot of the people in my program, they have like, they're married, 
and some of them have families some of them you know have children they have commutes where they're coming from another city Mm -hmm. um and so i'm just like i can only imagine i live 30 minutes away i don't have any children it's just me you know i'm chilling Mm -hmm. but just imagining like you're procrastinating with all of that other stuff that you have going on like how can you be productive that way you know what I mean? Because even me, I find it hard. Like, I get so consumed in my ideas because I'm such a brainiac. Right. So, like, I'll start writing stuff down that I want to do next, and I'll get caught up in that, and then I'm like, oh, shit, let me go do my homework. Right. So, I'll, you know, close that up, do what I have to do, and I'll set time, like, little bits of time um, over the next couple of days where I can get one thing done. So, if I have a 13-page paper, I'll commit to two or three pages a day so I can get done faster. And so that way I'm not um, doing things at the last minute and I'm able to pace myself. And then when I look back over my work, it's good. Like I read my papers out loud to make sure I don't have any mistakes in there, you know, all of that stuff. So if it takes that kind of preparation just for school, which is temporary, temporary, that's the same kind of energy you have to put into your body. And that's why I'm like, okay, I I know I can't keep eating Chick-fil-A every other day. Like, you know, because I'm not going to be able to think clearly and I'm going to be tired. And I I want to be able to perform and think at my sharpest, you know. But it it does make a a major, major difference. Yeah. So just knowing that and how powerful food is can control it. If you want to do better, you got to eat better mm-hmm. for your body to be able to sustain that energy so you can push beyond measures. Right. And I was about to say, too, certain foods that you eat can cause parasites, and those parasites can make you tired oh, yeah. and make you crave like certain sugars and stuff that you're not supposed to eat. So mm-hmm. sometimes because of that like we just perceive it as just an addiction like our body is addicted to it but normally it's some type of worms that you have on the inside of you that's making you you know what i mean people aren't even cognizant of that so just imagine how many people there are like walking around with worms right now that comes from not cleaning your vegetables Mm -hmm. not cleaning your fruit not cleaning your meat. Not cleaning your eat. Or meat cooking it all the way. How it's supposed to be cooked. Like yeah. People, drive, people be looking at me like I'll be like, I want my steak. Which I'm low-key. Medium I'm, well? Yeah. I don't eat red meat heavy. Mm-hmm. Um I tend to stop eating red meat actually. But uh people get them steaks, flip it on one side for a second, flip it on one side for a second. I'll be like, hell. <laughs> Y'all are tripping. Right. You're eating raw meat. You might as well just bite the cow. Right. You just bite the cow. Bite the cow. Ain't no point in you cutting him out, doing none of that stuff. Right. Just Trying to season them. Yeah, well, don't season them. Just bite the cow. Like, that's, in my eyes, that's disgusting. <laughs> that is disgusting. I can't eat anything that's, like, bleeding on my plate. Like, have you ever, I've had a friend, um, she likes her steak rare. And so they'll bring it to her and it's like running like her mashed potatoes are turning pink because it's like, I'm like, oh my God, like, why are you eating it like that? You need to see what your ancestors <laughs> did because that right there. You're not black. Um, no, but who knows? To be honest, because you know what I noticed? Um, a lot of white people, they don't season their food, but that's because when they were in like the Caucasus Mountains, mm. when they killed stuff, they just ate it like that. They Straight didn't up. even cook it. You get what I'm saying? So that's how they're used to eating their food. They don't need any spices. We always cooked our meat. Right. And then we would still season it and do whatever we wanted to do with it. 
Right. And so it's so historic. Like you said, like that stuff is passed down. People don't understand. Like they're like, white people don't season their food. They never have. Yeah. They don't want to. Right. Or if they do, it's like a little bit of. I remember um, I was babysitting one time. Mm And there was this family, their mom is white and their dad is black. Mm -hmm. And so she had cooked some chicken, but she cooked it in coconut oil. And she didn't put any seasoning on the chicken. Yeah. And she would wonder why the kids wouldn't eat her food. And I'm like... And their daddy was black. Yeah. Mm. Okay, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, I'm pretty sure, because when I saw them eat, like he wasn't eating the same meal. So I don't know if he ate something different or what. But when she cooked for the kids, it didn't have any seasonings. And they would not eat her food. But they would eat his. I've never seen, seen him cook. Mm. That's the thing. So I don't know what their family dynamic was. But I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, they probably eat at grandma's house. Oh, yeah? But, you know. Yeah, they would not eat her food. It's like, she would be like, yeah, um, they're about to have dinner and let them eat. And then they can watch TV for a little while or play. And then it's time for bed. So I'm like, okay. That but black jeans the up. meal, that would get skipped. They eat a couple bites of something, like maybe a few carrots. And then they'd be like, I don't want it. They would not eat that food. That black jeans set up. That's what it was. It's just... <laughs> the black jeans. <laughs> I'm serious. I look at you like this. The color, the color was. Anybody can do this. If you add all of the colors up, it creates black. Mm -hmm. But if you put all of the colors with white, it dilutes the colors. If you put black and white together, it creates gray. But at the end of the day, it's never white. Mm -hmm. So, which one is more powerful? You know. Mm -hmm. So that's literally the the way our genes work. Exactly. So when you mix races. Black will always outbeat white because black is more powerful. But it's taught exactly. that, you know. That's superior. No, 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 no. No. It's just a right. But that's what people don't understand. The psychological aspect is more important than anything because mm-hmm. if you truly believe that, that's how you're going to operate. The that's mind. how you're going to raise your children to think. You get right. what I'm saying? The mind, how we were talking about earlier. The mind is more powerful than the body. Mm-hmm. The, bo- the body is just number two. The mind is number one. But the chemical to activate what you need to do is powerful. You can control your mind based off of what you believe and based off of what you say. Mm-hmm. Words are very powerful. If you put them out there like that, then your mind will tell itself this is the right way. The most powerful thing was to create a lie and believe the lie. And when you believe the lie, and you teach the next generation that this lie, they'll believe the lie. Right. You teach the next generation, they'll believe the lie, mm-hmm. not knowing the truth. Because once a certain amount of people believe one thing, it becomes like That's popular. Truth. Yeah, just like um, that saying, money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. When it really says the love of money is the root of all evil. So I saw people misquote that all the time. And I'm like, no, that's not what it says. Mm -hmm. It's the love of money. Mm -hmm. And I can see that. Mm -hmm. But money is definitely not the root of all evil. And if you tell a group of people that, that the love of money or that that money is the root of all evil, why would they want to get money? Right. And that's why I feel like 
that aspect is so destructive to black people. Right. Because they don't feel like they should have, they don't feel like they deserve money. People want money to flash it. When they get money, they want to stun on everybody that's in their neighborhood. Like people they grew up with, they're not getting it to really make a difference. They're not getting it to impact other people. But it just shows how psychologically fucked people really are. We, yeah, I agree. We were never accepted. So over time, in order for us to be accepted, we thought having the best, we would be accepted by the whites. I mean, none of that matters. Like, but what it did is it was a self-destruction type thing. Okay, I got the latest shoes. Now I know everybody in the school going to like me. When all actuality, in my opinion, it points out more of your insecurities. Mm-hmm. It does. Because of, if you care truly about what everybody else thinks, that means you don't really care about how you feel. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, that might blow past your head, but at the same time, again, if you really cared about how you feel, nobody else's opinion would matter. Nobody's opinion matters. That's I'll be chilling. Like, sometimes I don't feel like twisting my locks. For seven weeks at a time. Right. I just did them today. Mm-hmm. And then I put it right in a bun. Right. Because I don't care. Right. You get what I'm saying? Like, I'm doing it. I want to obviously keep my hair clean. So I got to wash it. Got to twist it at some point. But at the end of the day, I love free forming. I like being complete. I want to be free. Right. And the more I learn and grow about my hair, um, noticing that, like, my strength is part of my hair. Right. You get what I'm saying? So I'm learning more about that. So I'm not really worried about how other people perceive it. It's making me smarter. That's what's helping me see through this person. And you get what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't know how to deal with them if I didn't stay true to myself. And see, me personally, as far as me and women, me being as dark as I am, one, I always tell my, I tell everybody in the world, I want my kids black as tar. Mm-hmm. Everybody else want their kids light skin. They want mm-hmm. them with a certain eye. Nope, don't do that. I don't want none of that. If my kids come out light, I'm going to tell them to go outside. <laughs> I want my kids black. Right. But that's not no saying that I will love my kids if they came out light. I just would like, I go against the grain. I like dark. Same with my hair. I'm not too fond of long hair. I like natural hair. I like froze. I like dreads. I like girls with short hair. In my opinion, that shows a confidence, a psychological confidence about yourself. Versus you going with the grain, getting weed, getting long hair, having to wear your hair a certain way for your job. When you got your hair short, people got to accept you for who you are. Mm-hmm. When you got your hair in dread, people got to accept you for who you are. But not, not just that, going deeper than that, you accepted you for who you are. Exactly. So, in my opinion, I would tell people to, you know, encourage these black women to go natural. Mm-hmm. Men encourage black women to be natural mm-hmm. versus wearing weaves and wearing lace fronts and all of that stuff like to me in my eyes again I look at deeper than what it is you trying to be fake for what mm-hmm. like you trying to put this fake hair on to impress these fake ass people so and they cost so much money yeah exactly so that's when they say like how you said beauty uh it's pain. It's pain. Well, yeah, when you go through that, <laughs> when you don't love yourself, mm-hmm. beauty is pain because you don't love who you are. Exactly. But when you truly love who you are, beauty is beautiful. Mm. It's not painful. It's feel good. 
And that's that's interesting that you mentioned that about um, women not really loving themselves and something about the dark complexion. I met a few women that were from like Africa or they were from Jamaica and they're driving gorgeous, like beautiful bodies, Mm -hmm. full lips, and they wear straight wigs. Mm -hmm. And in their culture, it's more um, like the skin bleaching is marketed, straight hair is marketed. Like, I'm like. Yeah, like, why are they so... First off, both of those areas were um, heavily colonized. So I know why they think, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's fucked up that they think that way. And then, you know, men come here and they're so obsessed with American women and how they move when you got the most organic right there. You know, and I used to be that person with the the sew-ins and getting my hair straightened and stuff like that. I moved away from that when I realized, like, oh, wow, that chemical can actually, you know, affect how I I think. It Mm -hmm. can, you know, seep into my brain. Mm -hmm. And um, I know they showed, like, an image of, like, a green, it was like a green film over the girl's brain from her getting relaxers over time. So when like she passed away, they took an image of it and it was disgusting. So I'm like, I don't want that. So mm. I stopped getting relaxers. My whole house is four, well, yeah, four women outside of me. I have three sisters and then my mom. Everybody's natural now. Yeah, that's good. Like, and it's dope, you know, like, but it's so contagious, right. you know. And then I locked my hair in March of this year. So, like, once I did that, my confidence just went through the roof. Because, yeah. like, I've I've been natural for about four years now. But it's just, it's different. It's different because this just feels more like me. And I've always wanted to lock it. But, you know, my family, they're like, oh, no, don't do that. You know, people talking Generation. about it's unprofessional, Generation. you know. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't really give a fuck about that because if I can't go to your place of employment and get a job because of my hair, I don't need to work there. And then on top of that, I'm an entrepreneur. So eventually, I'm not going to need any job. Yep, I I agree with you. I've learned over time doing business with black people. Mm -hmm. And I love black people. But again, we're going against the beast psychologically that a lot of people don't understand. You do business with black people. I shot a commercial, and I'm not going to say who, but I shot a commercial for this company. And we wanted the individual to be in front of the camera, the owner, who was black, to be in front of the camera. She said, no, I'd rather have somebody white or Asian in front of the camera because of, I want them, I want their business. And if they see black, they won't come. Mm, that's limiting. My point. And in my opinion... Why would you want somebody in business who won't accept you for who you are? Like, come on now. Mm-hmm. Is, are you really that scared that you won't make that money? In my opinion, you're just showing how true, how, let me slow down. In my opinion, you're showing that your lack of faith is weak. Your faith is super weak because if you're putting it in man, especially white, and you're not putting it in your own, for you to be able to put somebody white in front of a camera versus you, mm-hmm. why am I doing business with you in the first place? Right, exactly. But over time, it showed why we actually didn't stay in business with these individuals because they were being ignorant because they were didn't love themselves, so they they were attacking us as a business versus somebody else. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we cut the ties. It wasn't one of them things where it was like, they, you um, got fired. They didn't want to do right. I tell people all the time. Understand, when you're an entrepreneur, you can fire people, mm-hmm. even though you're working for me. I can still fire you. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I don't have to deal with you. And hopefully, like I said, over time, psychologically, with people like us coming together, we can show that you know it's okay to work together. Mm-hmm. It's okay. We're going against. These people are telling us that we can't, we shouldn't work together. We should hate each other. Right, and exactly. We should be working together so we can grow. Get back to Black Wall Street and understand the beast that we're going against. Mm-hmm. So, and you know what? what's really shitty about that day, Sean, is that I've done business with some black individuals and sometimes it doesn't it doesn't end up you know how you want it to like the lack of professionalism you know people not returning phone calls um people not returning your emails and it's like i know if i was white you would have a different type of respect so why are you treating me that way Mm -hmm. and i'm very professional like I'm the, I'm the first person that wants to have a face to face. I want to meet with you. Mm-hmm. Um, when I message you, like I introduced myself. Mm-hmm. I told you what I wanted to do, what my company was. You get what I'm saying? Like right. I put everything on the table. People don't even see the value in doing that. I have people message me all the time. Hey, what kind of cosmetics do you sell? Where do you do makeup at? You asking the wrong question. I'm like. Yep. What the first off, I have a website. I don't even do makeup. Yeah. Queen Care Cosmetic Cosmetics has nothing to do with makeup. Cosmetics is anything that you put on that like something that you're adding yeah. to the skin. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be makeup. And who said I was a makeup artist? It's like people don't even read, they don't even bother to read the profile. And it's crazy as hell, but these are black people messaging me. I learned because I went back into Fitness. I trained this young lady. Well, she not young, but I always call people young. Mm-hmm. I trained this young lady. She was like 40. Her husband was a doctor at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. And I didn't know that this man was wealthy. When I say loaded, he was loaded. But the crazy part about it is they were training at Planet Fitness. $10 a month. Loaded. Mm-hmm. So... I got his wife down within five months from 200 all the way to 140. Oh, wow. So, and he sat down, he's like, yo, you good 60 pounds. You good Shit. Like, you devoted to this. And my, I just started. It wasn't one of those things where I knew everything. I just took the risk mm-hmm. and I started. And she was willing to take her risk on me because based off of what I looked like. So she was like, you know, you a walking billboard. If you're doing it, I want to know what you're doing. Right. So, fast forward, me and him sat down because of the success rate. And he said, what separate millionaires, well, rich people and poor people, are the questions that they ask when you go into business. Start off a business never ask how much it costs. When you ask how much it costs, they automatically know you can't afford it. Because mm. if you can afford it, you wouldn't be asked how much it costs. So they automatically put you in a category if you ask that question. So when you said these people asking you about these certain questions, they automatically let me know, you're not the customer I'm looking for. Mm. I, I have no problem with explaining it to you, but at the same time, like how you said, I got a website that explained everything for you. 
see, you didn't take the time to read. Right. And since you didn't take the time to pay attention, I don't want to deal with you. Mm-mm. That's how we get eliminated as black people from rich and poor, based off the questions. But then the black people who do make it don't want to reach back. Mm-hmm. Because it's one of the things where you don't, you're not willing to take the time to so learn. help these people understand and learn. Mm-hmm. Because again, if you go back in our time period, we weren't taught these things. We weren't taught to read. We weren't taught the time to pay attention. We weren't taught to, you know, make our money, make money. We weren't taught to ask Mm-mm. questions. We, always we weren't to, taught to save. None of that. None of that. We was always taught to a white person come around, you put your head down and you smile. Mm-hmm. So you can keep it rolling though. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Um, what do you feel like is your greatest obstacle? Mm, learning who I am. Learning Accepting who, you are. who I am. I Why think that's my is... biggest obstacle. How? That's the biggest fight that everybody goes through. Mm. Accepting who you are. You know what? That's interesting. Because I do... Um, how can I explain it? I'm learning more about myself on both sides. Mm-hmm. So when... You remember when I was explaining to you earlier how everybody wants to tell you the good about them. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to be that way. But now I'm noticing, like, you have two sides to you. Mm-hmm. Everybody does. So if you went more with the, the real, the honest, like telling about yourself that would eliminate a lot of the people that you come across right just being honest right some people it's not even a fact that they can't even deal with what you bring into the table but the fact that you are honest and they are dishonest with themselves they can't handle the real right you get what i'm saying yeah i tell people all the time like people ask me since i'm since i categorize myself as a gentleman about relationship advice mm-hmm. and i tell them all the time don't go into a situation with your guard up mm. reason why because you're preparing to fail automatically then on top of that, tell everything about yourself and see if they stay. I tell girls, I don't like folding clothes. I wash them, but I don't like folding. Oh my God, no, that would be terrible because I don't like folding clothes you either. You see what I'm saying? Right. So we'd be like, damn clothes. Like, uh, <laughs> Who's so, gonna do it today? Exactly. Flip a coin. So at the end of the day, you gotta find somebody who's willing to sacrifice. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna come together on this. Right. But when you put everything on the table, None of these things can be used against you. Mm-hmm. So don't go into a situation with your guard up. Always go into the situation where everything is forced. Because if somebody can truly handle it and they like you for who you are, they'll accept it. Exactly. So. And I think the the issue with that, when people don't accept themselves for who they are, they you can't accept another person for who they are. The more you start to accept yourself and love you, mm-hmm. then that's when you can embrace another person, you know, like in their true being. Right. Like, that's why I was telling you, like, I'm not judgmental. I used to be like, "Mm, that don't don't really sound right. Even if you say something that makes me not want to date you or makes me feel like you're not dateable at all, I'm still not going to judge you for that. Right. That just means that I I won't be able to be in a relationship with you. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? That's a fact. But I still respect you as an individual. And that's why in what they call the conscious community or whatever you want to call it, we say namaste. Like the God in me recognizes the God in you Mm -hmm. and the God in me respects the God in you. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to like that individual or like what they represent, but I do have to respect it. And that's why I treat everybody equally like it's an equal playing field. Unless you give me a reason to get out of pocket, I'm not going to do it. I agree. Uh, This is the only thing I will add to that. The best thing I ever heard was, 
if you don't have love, how can you give love because you don't know what it feels like? Mm. So if you don't love yourself, how can you give it to somebody else? You got to be able to love yourself before you can give love to somebody else. That's facts. But people don't even think that way. They, Because you got to remember, we've also been conditioned to be self-sacrificial. Right. So um, we've never been taught to love ourselves. It's always been like, love somebody else. Correct. Give, 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 give. Correct. And it's like, I got to give from my saucer and not my cup. And I'm aware of that now, even when it comes to my energy. Like, if one of my friends call me right now, and I know I don't have any energy to, like, listen to something draining, I'm like, let me call you back. Or I might text them, like, I'll call you back in a few hours or whatever, you know, just so I can make sure that I'm good first. But I never want to be having a conversation with somebody, and then I feel depleted. Mm -hmm. So, um, tell me, Deshaun, (laughs) what motivates you? (laughs) Oh, man. Um, As far as health, what motivates me is I pay attention to old people. I love old people. Oh, my God. They're awesome. The reason why I love old people, and please don't ridicule for me for what I'm about to say is, but it's true. Old people are trying to save themselves from dying Hmm. so they eat healthy. So I pay attention to old people. They got the best knowledge. They got the best wisdom. But they also got the best remedies for health. Why is that? Because they're about to die. Mm. So it inspired me. I don't want to get to that point where I'm relying on being healthy at a certain age. So why not start now? Exactly. And I know, like Dr. Sebi, bro was 80-something years old, jumping on a six-foot, I mean, a six-inch box. He was 90, about to have a kid. Like, he had a kid. His sperm was pretty potent. you can use your penis at the age of 90, I'm doing everything that you need to do. Right. All these other people who talk about taking all these supplements, dick don't work. Mm. His dick work. Right, so you want your I'm dick to work. <laughs> yeah, that's my manhood. So I gotta follow. Like you are I funny. I want to be able to use my penis when I turn seventy-five and higher. Right. I know effortlessly and stuff is gonna stop that. So you feel me? That's that's my health motivation oh, right God. there. I don't, don't want to be fat. I want to be healthy. Mm-hmm. As far as my business motivation, growing up, we grew up in hotels, being homeless, living mm-hmm. in Atlanta. The home, the homeless rate in the, I guess you would say, unemployment rate is rising rapidly. That's what a lot of people don't understand about Atlanta, though. If you don't have a plan in Atlanta, you are going to fail. There's no offensive buts. The system is designed for you to fail. Mm-hmm. And growing up from my middle school year all the way up until my college year and continuing, you know, I'm gonna put it out there, continuing in, inside of hotels, you know, it keeps you motivated. You've been at the bottom before and then at a homeless shelter. I know what the bottom feel like. I have nothing to lose because I know what it feel like. Right. So I might as well keep going. I might as well push to, you know, try this, let me try that, let me try that. I might as well do what I love because I already know if I hit rock bottom, I know what it feel like. Mm-hmm. And I was happy. Even when I was at rock bottom. So I might as well do what I love and be happy while I do what I love versus doing something I don't like and be unhappy. Right. So that's what keeps me motivated. I don't want to be back into hotels and homeless shelters and stuff like that. So that's the main thing to keep me going. Wow, that is so dope. That's like, 
that's really humbling for me because I'm fucking spoiled and I complain about a lot of shit. <laughs> and so when I hear people talking about their struggles, I just be like, love, just stop complaining about shit, man. Because I complain all the time. I catch myself, mm-hmm. but I do catch myself, you know, complaining about trivial shit. Mm-hmm. You know, like my mom, she always calls us brats because I be talking shit about what I don't want to eat. You know, like being picky. I don't want to eat that. I want to eat this. Like, but I have the choice, the option. Right, right. You know, and some people have no fucking food. Right. You get what I'm saying? Like, right. they would love to have what I got on my plate. And I'm talking shit. Like, we don't want that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy. But that's it's amazing. Not, uh, and I pre- I appreciate you for sharing that, too. Mm-hmm. So tell me, um, who is your biggest supporter? Hmm. Besides my mama. Um, and... More so, it's been the females in my life, believe it or not. The girls I've dated has been more of my support. My family has not been my support. Mm-hmm. Everybody say, you know, my family has been like... I actually have get more support from friends versus my family. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend James. Even though, like, we, we support each other in a weird way. Like, he'll call me and say, bro, I failed the test. And he just took the test. I'd be like, how did you fail the test? I don't know. I just know I failed it. Like, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, but then I'll call him and say, bro, I don't feel good about this workout. He'd be like, nah, come on now. Because if I didn't do it, then you would be on my ass. So, right. Um, I would say him and the females that I've dated in my past has been my supporters. Whether we last or not, that has always, they have always supported me. No matter what, my teachers have supported me so like i said more so the females in my life and more so james in my life um my family has supported me on showing me things how i don't want to be so that's a support without being supportive right indirect yeah mm-hmm. um so that's who supported me the most mm. And do you feel like having a support system is important for the field that you're in? Hell yeah. I honestly believe that I didn't make it to the NFL yet because of lack of support and resources. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though I think the NFL is a slave industry, I still love it. You can't not, not love it if you grew up around it. Right. Um, but now I understand the business side of it. I'll play, but I won't stay. Um, a lot of people tell me NFL stands for not for long, <laughs> but it's true, right? Because of all it's the, seasonal. Yeah, like everybody got their time at the top, and then you got to be able to fall back to let somebody else rise. Right. And you can't get addicted to it though. Mm-hmm. A lot of them get addicted to the fame and, and cause their body to be destroyed. Now, mm-hmm. five years out of the year, when they don't want to pay for your insurance no more, you don't have the money because you weren't taught to be able to manage all that money. And now you spent it on clothes and hoes and all of this stuff. Like, clothes and hoes. I'm done. But that's how it is. <laughs> right. I got a lot of friends that's in the NFL now. And the way they blow their money, effortless. Mm. Effortless. You think people are like, oh, I'm going to make all this money. is going to change. No. Right. Because your mentality it maximizes the same. what you already have. Exactly. It don't give you more problems. It just maximizes. So, mm. um... The lack of support, I think support is very, very important. Especially when it comes from me being a man, mm-hmm. from another man. 
and I didn't have that, not growing up with my father. Um, I had, like I said, all the support from women, but I wish I had a man telling me, you know, you fucking up, or you need to exactly. do this, or you need to do that. I was never the type to not listen. I always wanted to listen, but just never had the support, so. Wow, okay. And you did, you've already explained, um, like how you would like to impact the world through fitness. Please, Deshaun, give them your social media pages. Like, how can they find you if they want to reach you? All right. Um, well, on Instagram, I have three Instagrams. Actually, I think I have four, actually. <laughs> I do so much, but my personal page, which is not private, um, is called The King Deshaun, TH3, K-I-N-G, Deshaun, D-E, well, Deshaun, D-E-S-H-A-W-N. Um, then I have my All Royalty Athletics where I give you tips and I show you certain foods and why I choose certain foods, the benefits of them. It's on the All Royalty Athletics. Um, and then I have my General Rules page, General Rules 101. This one big word, General Rules 101. And then I have, I just started my All Royalty Visions page where I, my photography, my videography, my art and stuff like that would be on that page. So. You guys can check me out. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for coming. Again, you all, this was Deshaun Marshall from Atlanta, the gentleman and personal trainer, the artist, the YouTube guru. He's everything. And you guys will have the opportunity to see some of his art and watch some of his videos. Um, when I post the podcast, I'll actually leave his social media links so you'll be able to click on them directly and go check him out. Is there anything that you'd like to say while we're closing? Um, the gender rules page is not strictly for gentlemen. I actually teach women how to become ladies because there's a difference. There's a huge difference. So, Sorry, ladies. <laughs> and I actually teach ladies how to watch out for men who are not gentlemen. Mm. There's a difference between a boy, a man, and a gentleman. There are three levels. Um, right. There's a difference between a girl, a woman, and a lady. Um, so, and I'm really attacking the youth because uh, since I didn't grow up with a man, like I said, I wanted to be able to be that man to be able to help those young men who don't have the men in their life that looks like them mm-hmm. and that's young like them. So, you know, that's what I want to say. I love it. I really appreciate you for sharing that, too. And ladies, I did look at the page personally. It is some really, really good and insightful information up there that you'll be able to refer to time and time again. And I really appreciate you once again. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Hanging Out With Love. You'll be able to connect with Deshaun once again. And peace.